Aloha and welcome to another episode of Women on Fire. Um, we, I'm your host, Jamie, and we also have um, Daniela joining us today as usual. And we also have a special guest who I will let introduce herself because she knows herself and the best way to present herself. <laughs> so hi, everybody. My name's Maha Al Musa and I'm from Australia. I am of Palestinian Lebanese origin with a little bit of Indian and Egyptian thrown in. And when I was a six month old baby, I was taken, kidnapped from my mum by my dad and brought to Australia as a two year old and was separated from my, from my mother. Uh, had a stepmother who was Australian. My brother came as well to Australia. And so we grew up without our natural mother and when I was 33 years of age, I had one very small photo of my mum and I traced her back to Lebanon, to Beirut, which was an amazing journey. And my brother and I got to go back to the Middle East and meet our mother for the first time when I was 33. And I had been trying to get pregnant and found it very, very difficult. I had a fertility issue, but after meeting my mum, after six months, I got pregnant with my first son who will be 25 this year, Kailash. So I started to get an idea of the connection of the emotional and energetic power that comes with conception and fertility and pregnancy and birthing and beyond, that connection to the mother line, the lineage. And after my son's birth, I founded Embody Birth and Belly Dance Birth. So that was in 1997. So I've been teaching for nearly 25 years, traveling the world globally, speaking at many conferences and sharing my knowledge coming from these very, very strong Middle Eastern roots. And I've birthed three children, all as nature intended. My last, my daughter at home at 46, she's now 12. And I breastfed her for eight and a half years and was in the worldwide media advocating for natural term breastfeeding, public breastfeeding, just breastfeeding <laughs> your child for as long as you want. And uh, that was from 2012 to 2016. So I've also written a beautiful award-winning book, Dance of the Womb, which is a gorgeous, gorgeous book. First world first book on belly dance for pregnancy and birth. And it has all my stories in this book as well about my upbringing and my Middle Eastern roots, etc. And when I was pregnant with my daughter, I created an award-winning video series, Dance of the Womb. So you can practice all the dance movements with me when I was pregnant with my daughter at 46. And it also has my home birth film on there. So I've done a lot of work in the world and I have a teacher training, which I was doing in person until the whole COVID happened. Uh, I was in China the last three years, teaching all over China, obstetricians, doctors, midwives, essentially about not just belly dance birth, embodied birth, about really grounding the idea that birth is a spiritual right of practice for women. It is a portal into transformation and it is a place where we evolve consciousness for humanity. That in a nutshell is the work that I have been doing for 25 years, because at the end of the day, if we don't value birth, if we don't value mothers, if we don't value babies, we don't value humanity and humanity will collapse. And 
I'm 60 next year and I am stronger than ever in my message that we women carry the flame of humanity and it is up to us through the way we live and the way we birth to raise consciousness, to evolve humankind into the place of love and peace and compassion as best as we can because we need it more than ever now in 2021. So in a nutshell, that's me and, um, and I'm still going and I'm really enjoying collaborating with the younger women and bringing my message to them. So I'm really grateful to you both for having me on your podcast because it's really important for you girls to know that we, the elders are there. We are there to pass our wisdom to you. Yeah, we are all in this together as the threads of female lineage. Yes. Regardless, it's universal, regardless of where we come from or where we live, we are united in that womb wisdom and we carry the opportunity for this transcendence through birth. Hmm. So incredible. And it's so true. I've heard you speak on this and it just, it has always hit home that us sharing this message is so important and yeah, carrying that flame, conserving what birth is really about and what we're really trying to accomplish here other than just having a baby, you know, like what that really means in the global impact. And um, it's interesting because I was listening to you talk about your travels um, to China and you were saying that you had even obstetricians and such who were interested. And um, I found that really remarkable because of course I feel like most midwives and doulas would be you know, on board. So I was wondering how you were, um, I don't know if it's able or how you could harness the, um, the power of working within more of the systematic way of birthing, the more clinical and, and kind of capture their hearts and teach them too. <laughs> well, when you are doing hard work, people connect, yeah? When you work through the heart, people know the heart. And that is what my work is always about. It is heart work. It's not saying that I know something that you don't know, or I'm carrying something that you don't have within you. We all carry the knowledge and the wisdom of the heart too. And when as a teacher and an educator, you can create circles of connection, regardless whether it's an obstetrician, a mother, a doctor, a child, when we open our heart and truly come into that place of vulnerability, humility, humbleness, deep, humane connection, we are all on the same page. And that is really the problem that we have in birth is that birth within the system is hierarchical. There is someone at the top and someone at the bottom, which is usually the mother and the baby. And the one at the top, it filters down through that line. And you cannot expect a mother's body to open in a system where hierarchy is what is valued. We as females value cycles, connection in that way. We are cyclic. We move through emotion like nature, like the waves, like the mountains. We are a part of nature. So we can't respond in a way of our body opening 
when we have any constriction or restriction placed upon us. And that unfortunately is how the system is. Now in China, it's interesting because you have private hospitals there and public hospitals or the private and public system. And I was going into mainly the private system. And it is a business in China. Hospitals are a business, maternal hospitals, but they are very open to understanding new ways of being for birth, the way of kindness, the way of gentle birth, the way of spiritual birth. And you have to understand that in the East, these tenements of humanity have been in the lineage for thousands of years. It's actually a Western construct to separate the mind, the heart, the spirit. So in the East is where a lot of my work is really deeply understood and embodied because that is our lineage. That is where we've come from. Yeah, so we've had that severed in many ways because it's been labeled as primal or it's you know backwards or it's the old ways. But really it is the only way it is the only way at, at center. And then we add on these other things where necessary, where we have medical intervention that is of necessary needs. But at the root core of birth, we have the strength of our wisdom and our womb and our ancient connection to earth and nature. And the East understands that. And I say to them in China, I say, you know, I teach the belly dance birth, but I say to them, you know, you have your Tai Chi, you already have your energy medicine. Don't necessarily listen to me just because I've come from the West and I carry the Eastern tradition, but you also have that connection to energy medicine. So perhaps in the Tai Chi, in the prenatal period, that movement of the Tai Chi could also ground you women in that maternal wisdom too. So and they love that. They love that. So when you come as a teacher, when you are a mentor, when you are an educator, again, it's not coming with that hierarchical view that I'm the expert and I know everything and I'm teaching you. It's saying we all bring our jewels and gems we all have the treasure chest of knowledge. So we share that. Say, look at my jewels. Oh, let me hold your precious jewels. Yeah, let me experience that. How does that feel? So it's a sharing quality rather than, as I said before, this imposition of a hierarchy. And this is the problem that we have in birth today. And even, you know, in places like China, they recognize that and they have had a lot of human rights abuses and they want to do better. They now have the two child policy or you know, more than two children, which the one child policy came in in the mid eighties. And then only about four or five years ago came in two child policy. I think it was around, or maybe 2015, 2016. And that's when China started to open up and look to this kind of prenatal education with more of a sacred spiritual flair. Yeah, they wanted to em embrace that. And I feel so blessed that as an independent childbirth educator, that's not under the umbrella of any organization. I'm not under a midwifery organization or a hospital system. I am an independent voice. And I 
was got to the honor of going in to a place like China to teach. I feel so honored that my voice was recognized as having a strength and validity and something that people wanted to know more of. And I'm so grateful and I'm upset too because of COVID and what's going on. I haven't been able to go to China last year nor this year. So it's very frustrating because I did a lot of work there over the last three years, 2017, 18 and 19. So we are translating my online program at the moment into Chinese. So I will you know, continue, but it is like a wall has sort of come down and it's frustrating when you, you bring your work and you can see that it's changing. Yes, obstetricians, mm -hmm. big lives, it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. And when we dance, when we dance, the dance of the belly dance, that is a dance of, it's a universal dance. It's a sacred dance that everybody knows, that intuitive inner dance. It's not the dance that you see in a restaurant. It's not the cabaret dance. And I sometimes I see pregnant women online doing these crazy dancing. And it's not what, you know, my work is about. It's the inner dance with you and your baby, the dance of connection, the psychic highway connecting you with your baby. So you can listen in that expansion, which is what is required for birth. So that really is, you know, embodied birth is a very big philosophy around not just birth, but life as we step into this journey of mothering. Mm. Right. It's as Jamie always says, it's bigger than birth, but that's where it starts. And, and that's often a theme. Um, well, it's just a theme in life, but often in our podcast episodes, that sure, it's about how the baby comes through in the journey of being pregnant. But it's like you said, in your opening introduction, in a nutshell, that was an amazing nutshell of how it is the foundation of society, women are birthing the next generation and how they are and their well-being mentally, emotionally, spiritually will translate throughout generations. It'll just ripple, right? How the babies feel, how the moms feel. Uh, so thank you for bringing it back to the heart and highlighting that as that's what this is all about. And that's how you as an individual not coming through as an organization into the hospital, just, just maha works that's even more remarkable because you know sometimes the system you know like they oh no we need the certified organization in order to come in mm. but no that's not what you use you use your heart mm. and which is the message authenticity. That universal. <laughs> it's right because it's universal yeah we, yeah we can't there's no label and when i teach in china i say that daniela i say take off your label Take off the label obstetrician, take off the label midwife, take off the label nurse, take off the label doula. Now, who are you? Tell me who you are in that place because you're hiding behind your label and that is what is happening. You're hiding behind the white coat. You're hiding behind that and then standing as the expert of my body. No, I am the expert of my body. I am the expert of my baby. I know what I am doing as a mother. I say this in embodied birth, nine words that put the fear into the white coats. <laughs> I know what I am doing as a mother. 
That is revolutionary in this day and age. It is a revolution that I know who I am. I know what I am doing. And if I don't, if I need help, if I need guidance, if I need assistance, guess what? I have a voice. I can speak up for myself. That is what woman baby centered means to me. I have a voice, I have a choice, and I use it when I see the need to do that. Not when I am coerced, manipulated, severed from my wisdom. No, right. I know myself. Right, right. So that's that's great. In the context of the conversation, sometimes it can go in the direction of, oh, technology versus intuition. And it's really not that. It's not about anti-technology or anti-interventions or this or that. No, the tools, all the tools, ancestral, traditional the modern ones, they're all great options to have available. But the problem is when they become the focus and then the woman's intuition and her connection to herself and her baby become less important and highlighted. And it's all about the tools, mm. right? And that's where we start losing the humanity, the connection, the heart of being human, of birthing, of being a mother, of right? Because you just get pushed through the system. So yeah, we definitely need more heart-centered care. I remember recently at a birth, the woman's like, I feel like pushing, but she was just recently a two, two centimeters. So how could she possibly feel like pushing? Whatever. I just, yeah, go with your body. But then as soon as the nurse came in and the woman goes, I'm pushing. And she goes, no, don't push, breathe. (laughs) You know, do the breathing, don't push because, you know, it's, that can't be right, right? So you can't push until someone else outside of you has checked and gives you the permission to do that. Mm -hmm. And and that's usually um, where a lot of the mainstream models come from, right? They are the authority and um, there's often not a chance, like they don't give the woman a chance, right? Sometimes intuition is not right. Maybe something's going on and we're not sure. Sure, but give them a chance right give yes this mom and baby a chance um so i love to hear that people have been so receptive to your heart-centered um approach even in the mainstream world (laughs) yes i mean it's a lot harder in the mainstream especially in the west what's very difficult for me is that i come from very powerful middle eastern roots but i've been plonked in australia in a western country and my teachings you know they've evolved but essentially the core teachings the foundations of my teachings have stayed the same for 25 years i don't kind of go where the going's good as we see often in social media or somewhere to to be in that you know elevate yourself there when you have a solid ground from which you teach which is that deep lineage understanding you don't waver. I don't waver from that because that is my truth. I have birthed my truth. I have lived my truth. I have birthed my babies from that truth. And that is the place that I teach from. Yeah. So it's really important in a Western view, because I've come into the West, is to recognize that that doesn't change. The truth doesn't change. 
It's there for thousands of years. Women have been birthing for thousands of years. As you say, what has been added as the tool is the technology. And we are very grateful for that technology. Yes, but in terms of the essence of what birth is, that stems from my roots that I know to be the truth. My grandmother, my great-grandmother, my great-great-grandmother on my father's side and my mother's side. My, great, my grandmother on my father's side was Palestinian. We have had a birthing house in our village, in Al-Kubab, in Palestine, where she went and birthed her nine children. That village, that birthing house no longer exists. Palestine no longer exists but it exists in my heart, in my roots, in my blood, in my veins. And I respect where I have come from. And I teach from that ancient lineage. That is my truth that I share to the world. And it has been hard in the West because what I've been speaking about, I feel like people are only kind of just catching up now. I feel like I've been a voice in the wilderness often in Australia, in the West. But what I'm seeing is glimmers of hope and light, shards of light of these amazing women like yourselves who are saying there's more. We know there's more. We want to show that more to the world. And I'm so happy to see that because sometimes I feel like I've carried this flag singularly and I'm keeping on going. It's not easy to be an independent voice in birth when you are not affiliated with any organization, but I am. The biggest organization is humanity. I sit under the umbrella of humanity. That's all I need to motivate me. That's all I need. And, you know, it's important to have those women who have walked their talk, who have walked their truth, especially as birth educators. And I think that's why I'm still here because women have been inspired. We were talking about that before. I like to know that I inspire you to find the power within yourself, to find the voice that you carry, to connect to the lineage, your body, your baby, your wisdom. We all carry that. And we have to be very strong because of how the system operates and, and tries to sever us from this, as you said, wait till I tell you, wait for permission. It's all over the world. That is all over the world. And to even sever us from one another, because I can relate to feeling like you're the lone wolf speaking this oh. message that you know carries so much weight and that everybody does have it internally. Yes. And yet, yeah, the, the, the Western model really deems us, um, yeah, like, oh, the few or the far between or whatnot. And really, the more and more I notice people are getting more curious. They are, they know something is missing. Yes. <laughs> and they're finding, and we are connecting more and more. And um, again, I guess that's with deep gratitude to technology. Um, and it is nice to be able to find people um, on different continents who are saying the same message, you and your experience in China and us with our experience with you. and. 
all these other places where folks are sort of yeah re realizing that some there's more to it mm. that, that just listening to your physician or having surgical births or being told how it is as opposed and then feeling it's wrong not right you know it's really great to be finding these communities and people speaking out and it's hard to deny like you said heart's work and living your real truth i mean that is what inspires that's mm. so great and the thing is too something i wanted to add to that is that women have to take responsibility see we also have created now this modern world you're asking me before in the questions what has changed in many ways what has changed is this having our fingers supposedly on information 24 7 but this is putting us here in our head and we think that when we fill our head up with all this information it for birth then oh everything is going to be fantastic because i know it all and we say in embodied birth know everything and then let it all go so we need to take the responsibility of excavating deeply into the journey for myself, my baby, my family, then my community, humanity. But I need to take great responsibility on this journey because I've been given an amazing spiritual opportunity, as I said at the beginning, to transform consciousness for humanity. That is a great gift, but it comes with responsibility. And if I want to walk that path, I have to do the deep work. And my online program that I released last year is taking you through those deep layers of the emotional, the energetic, the psychic, the spiritual work that we have to do. Because within our body, we have these many layers. And what happens is when we are pregnant, as our womb grows, as our body expands, our baby grows, these layers get exposed and we need to face ourselves. That is a choice that we make or we hand our power over to somebody else. And because of the technology, we are being conditioned to believe that things will sit in somebody else's hands or someone else's responsibility. And then we come to give birth within the system and that's where we are left really because it's happening in the body what is happening it's not a thought it's not going on in my head it's actually an experience that's going on in the somatic level of the body right. so the intellect doesn't give birth the feeling emotional body births and so when we've got to come down into the body if we've filled our head up with all this information it's more difficult to trust in what's happening within my body because it's a mammalian experience. We are mammals. We are warm-blooded creatures, which I'm sure you understand all of that. So birth is a primal experience coming from the primal brain, letting go of the neocortex, coming down into the primal brain of survival, but of knowing birth. That is where we have to engage in that meditative place and that is why belly dance birth is such a beautiful modality because those ancient movements bring us into breath, sound, movement, body, baby, inner knowing. Because at the end of the day, that's all you've got. 
when you're giving birth is those three things, your body, your baby, and your inner knowing. That is what you are working with in labor. Yeah. So that's what we have to connect with. Mm -hmm. I like to a lot of times remind people, especially when you show up and there's the stack of books and all the really clinical questions. There's two things actually that I'm thinking about. So um, is to remind women that it's about infinite expansion. It's not just your mind. It's also your body and your soul. And I often whisper that in their ears, even during labor, right? That infinite expansion, what that means, you know, that you got to let go of everything in your brain and you have to just really connect in um, very, very, that rings so true, you know, what you're speaking about is it's not, it's not intellectual. And then, and then that interface of technology and how the overuse of it, I feel almost undermines a woman's intuition as well, because, well, we must need all of this because it's here. And so that, like that doubt each time, you know, of, of interfacing with that, well, I can only confirm that what I'm feeling is true if I confirm it with this technology, right? And so um, not, so that overuse and how it gets in the way of women really being able to lean into that inner space and really trusting and connecting that their baby is fine or that the, the length of time or how they're moving or how birth is unfolding is fine because we're, they're being not looked at as a woman. They're looking, the, the doctors are looking to the technology to evaluate the woman. And therefore that's where the woman looks too. Yeah. <laughs> right. And why is that? What is the foundational reason for that? We have to look at how do we value or devalue birth? If we are looking to technology, that says to me, I don't value the experience of the woman. Exactly. And therefore, her less value sits in that place, in that foundational place. So her body is a pathology. Her pregnancy, her birth is connected to an illness. This is a medical experience. And as we say in body birth, and I've been saying it for decades, is that birth is not an emergency it is a spiritual emergence and for a spiritual emergence like any other spiritual transformation we need to have the quality of expansion as you were talking about so we can move through the layers what is it that i need to face within myself and i say this all the time women are being robbed of the experience every single day on this planet 360,000 women giving birth. And we want women to have a 360 degree vision of the experience. What's in front of me? What's behind me? What is to the side of me? Can I embrace everything? But when my body is not trusted within this so-called system, then I'm not trusting because I am then distracted. I am pulled out of, I am taken out of this primal experience that is a shamanic experience. It's a transition. I am transiting from maiden to mother or mother to mother again. Who is this woman that I am becoming? Who is the woman I'm leaving behind? Who walks with me on this path in this journey? These are the things that I want women to look at and take responsibility for. 
And birth is the beginning of that journey. Every baby we birth, if we are open to the expansion, which is what we call contractions in embodied birth, the uterus is contracting and pulling up the fundus, thinning out the cervix, and the physical, emotional, and psychic body is expanding. And we use, again, breath, sound, movement to assist in that expansion. But you are right. How can we do that when there are machines going beep, people walking into the room, intervention, disturbance, impatience, all of these things that are valued within the system play, give no value to the experience as a spiritual sacred experience to the mother. And this is where all the confusion comes in. And you have women who say, I am going to step into my power. I want to walk this portal of transformation. Yet the environment that they step into, it's very hard to hold the line. And that is why doulas who understand this aspect of what I'm talking about and what I teach in Embody Birth, they are the ones who also guard, they are the guardianship of this sacred portal. That is what a doula is. If we can recognize that we are guard, guarding this space so a mother can be all she can be so she can completely drop in. And that is why I didn't go into the system when I was 46, having my daughter at home, my third baby. There was no way that I would take myself into a distrusting, impatient, power over environment to do this incredible experience again, especially at my age. This was the last time I was giving birth. I wanted to do everything my way, in my autonomy, in my self-reference truth, with nobody telling me what to do. And I had a beautiful midwife, Jane Alder, who is really good friends with me now. You know, we've known each other 15 years, and I love that, that you form a relationship of the heart with your midwife at home, and that stays with you for life. These are the kinds of emotional places and spaces that women need to cultivate, to trust in birth. And I was able to completely drop into everything that I needed to face through birth in this final birth. And I did. I faced the depths of my father and his abuse of me growing up. In that birth, as I birthed my daughter, I birthed a girl through these places that were difficult. And I got that opportunity to understand birth on a very deep level in her home birth. That birth is about healing. It is about growing, transforming, creating new ways of being new consciousness for humanity, as I keep mentioning. And the thing is, is that birth is not put into that category in the world. Birth is left out of spiritual experiences. Why is that? Why is that? We have all these other modalities. 
you know, shamanic the point of the most, the biggest transformation. So it's, you know, <laughs> I say that it's always like that. It's, it's always, a, and it's the, a really good question. Uh, yeah, I've been saying that for years. Why is it we go and do psychotherapies and we go and do these massages and we do these spiritual conquests and we do med meditation and, you know, men sit in caves and we go on journeys and all hero, hero and heroine journeys and all these things. But we give birth and it's never placed in the same context of a mm -hmm. spiritual awakening. It drives me crazy. Yeah. And the percentage of women who've experienced as, as that, this is the unfortunate thing, is this small. It's probably less than 5%. Of well, all most births. women are going towards birth from a place of fear or thinking that as soon as they get there, they're going to have to fight for what they want instead of just be loved, just love, know that the people around them are fully supportive. So, yes. And, and we say in embodied birth, we say a woman in labor does not need to be saved. She no. needs to be loved. Yes. Yeah. We have some beautiful <laughs> sayings in embodied birth. You know, the living book is within. Read her. Yeah. What is meant for me will pass through me. I will meet what is meant for myself. Do not birth in fear. Birth through your fear. It's okay to have fear. Yes. In my online program, we've got three chapters on fear. We yeah. look at two kinds of fear. We have imposed fear that comes from the outside and we have innate universal fear that are normal fears that many women carry on the journey. What we need to do is learn how to separate those two fears and work with what is mine, not what's not mine. So that's a very powerful exercise to do, to clear the channels so you can birth through your fear. That is the purpose of birth too. So this idea that we'll never have fear, we've got to be careful how we speak about fear because some fear is good to have. It's a motivation to transform. Yeah. 100%. I agree with that. Yes. <laughs> so amazing. So amazing. <laughs> Thank you for inviting people into this paradigm, this different way of looking at birth and its depth and its profoundness and its intensity that... Uh, the modern narrative really just kind of shies away from, right? And when we keep talking about this system that that's challenging, it, it's a system that has a long history of not trusting women, of not valuing women's innate nature, right? This is the same system that just gives everyone the pill because the, the period is just a nuisance and you don't really need it unless you're trying to have a baby. Otherwise, it's completely, there's no value to the period, right? And if you aren't trying to have a baby, then just take out your uterus because there's no point to a uterus other than just making a, a baby, right? Mm -hmm. So this is, that's the system that just lacks that deep understanding. Um, and it's a lot to try to unpack when that's the main system that you've been raised in by and large right you kind of get groomed your whole life to just keep letting them be the authority so thank you for breaking that down <laughs> in people's eyes and inviting them into the depths of it um 
And you know what you said, let it be from within, go within. I've heard it said in so many different ways, right? Ina May Gaskin says, let your inner monkey do it. Um, uh, Another midwife, Augustine Holbrook that I love says, we must give birth in our bodies, not in our heads, because there's no hole big enough to birth out your head. (laughs) I've been saying that too. I've been saying that too. The baby doesn't come out of your head. The baby comes out of your vagina, get down to earth. That's been an embodied birth statement for decades. Yeah. That's why we say, got to get out of the head, into the body, down to earth, connect to mother earth. She holds you, she guides you. And again, the dance comes in, the elements of the dance, the nature, the circles, the spirals, the figure eight movement, the wave-like motions. These are the movements of birth. These are the ancient movements of birth. When you can come into that place with your baby, guess what? You don't need anything else. Trust me. You don't need anything else. You let go of all of that distraction. And as I said before, the body expands. That's when we listen to the guidance of our baby and our body. So telling a woman you have to lay on your back is the most ridiculous thing. Let her be free. And that's another thing I wanted to talk to you about, free birth. In my book, Free birth is not just about being free just to birth at home on my own. For me, in embodied birth, free birth means every woman must be free to birth in the way she chooses. Yes. (laughs) Whether that's cesarean, whether that's drugs, whether that's at home on her own, with a midwife, under a tree, wherever that is, that is free birth in embodied birth. It's the freedom. And if I'm not free... If I am not free, then you are not free. 100%. That is what I've coined as maternal feminism. We are not free until every woman is free. And it's not about an individual. It is an individual experience, but it's an experience of the collective. What is the collective experiencing in birth? It's great that I can come and give birth at home or you can have your free birth. But if a woman is disrespected, If a woman is treated badly in birth, then I am not free. No matter the birth I had, until all women are free, we will all be free. That is the true freedom. Love that. You know, yes. In 2017, I spoke at the Human Rights in Childbirth Conference in India. And I was the only one who spoke like this at the conference midwives, obstetricians, doctors, in many ways looking through the psycho-spiritual lens of birth and what this freedom means for us all as women. It has to be a collective freedom in birth. That is what free birth is to me. I think that's so great and I can totally resonate with that. That's um, something that I often sort of put out there as well that it's really about having freedom of choice it's it's really and and not taking away choices from others because it doesn't suit you so that's right yeah exactly and you know this is other things we contend with we contend with you know other people's ideas of birth but not just in the system within our own families we hear it all the time I hear it all the time you know my mother is putting pressure on me because 
you know, she had a C-section with me and now, you know, she feels I can't have a baby naturally or my mother was triggered in my birth, you know, and, and abandoned me when I needed her help. We are also alchemizing these maternal lines. We are always alchemizing. So the freedom is also a part of that thread of our lineage that we are working with all the time. And that is why we have great responsibility in birth. It's a big journey. Not everybody wants to take that responsibility. And I get that, I understand that. Not everybody has the resources to do that either. You know, we are all in different places birthing all over the world. So it's, it, it isn't a one size fits all, but that freedom to make those choices should be our goal. If we have a goal that we're working toward for all women, yeah, we must see that goal and keep that vision and keep that motivation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I try to approach this work with no agenda usually, but if I do have an agenda, it, it's what you're saying. It's just inviting people to know women to know that they have freedom and they have options and choices and they have autonomy to do what they need to do for themselves that's mm -hmm. it if I have an agenda it's that one <laughs> yeah and to offer up what's really out there um we did a podcast a couple months back with a woman who didn't even know what her options were <laughs> until she was halfway through her pregnancy She's like, this is just what you do. This is just what you do. And then she had an aha moment and really took charge. And she, um, she's a Brazilian woman where we know there's high rates of C-section and, um, and that's for generations deep, unless, you know, you, there's a financial constraint. And then if you, it's a financial constraint, then you're poor and you birth at home and it's a status thing. Um, and how she really recognized that that disruption a few generations deep and what that meant. And she took it back very young, like inspiring um, woman who just said, wait, that well, something's missing. And even her mother said, oh, I wish I could go back and have home births instead of C-sections. <laughs> and the way that that healed her mother by being able to be present and see what we're really capable of. And so that, yeah, taking that back, those freedom of choices and, and exploring what those choices really are. Mm -hmm. And then, um, yeah, and then being able to hold that space and live that truth so others may be inspired. Again, coming right back to that, that point again, so important. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. And that's, you know, it's, it's an important thing for your mother to be open if she is open to seeing that healing that comes through your daughter, it's a very powerful portal. You know, it's a powerful portal of healing. And, you know, I often think that if, imagine if we had libraries of books of women's experiences from menstruation through pregnancy, through birth, into menopause, our own narrative, our own story, our own words, where women could share you know, and, and be this, have this opportunity to find this knowledge from a very young age, not to suddenly discover it when you're pregnant. You know, imagine if the world was constructed under the matriarch, 
which it is in some parts of Egypt still today. But that passing down of wisdom and stories is very, very powerful. Yet it's always sits under the umbrella of patriarchy. It's edited by the narrative of patriarchy. And what I often find is women are coming to birth carrying the sword and the shield. It's like we always are having to defend ourselves, having to justify our choices. We can't just sort of make choices and people go, fantastic. That's fantastic. You know, I'm so glad that you've come to that for yourself. What we find is we always have to sort of say why I'm doing what I'm doing to justify what it is that I've chosen. And I find that really sad. Why can't we just be free in our expression of what it is we want? And that's it. We don't need to justify why or where or how or what. We just are. We are just women being in our pregnancy. We are just women being in our birth. We are just women being with our babies. We are just women being with our children without justification. And it comes back to the power of knowing who I am and just living that. And I often say that to the women I teach. Don't justify yourself. Just live your truth. Be your truth. Yes. And feel what does that feel like? Yeah. Totally. Totally true. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maha, just the way just the way you hold yourself, just the way you speak, the way that you use your voice and your passion, you know, the way that you're coming through just on this Zoom is just amazing. And you're just you're a walking example of everything you speak and share. And thank you for just leading by example and, and yeah, being an inspiring beacon for, for all of us. I appreciate your your time and your insight um, and your boldness and just your clarity as you speak uh, these truths. Yeah. I thank you deeply for that. Um, we are coming up to an hour-ish here. Is there anything that will, you know, is right on the tip of your tongue or your heart that you really wanted to make sure that you expressed here today, a message you wanted to share um, for everyone? Well, you know, I'm five years post-menopause and I want to tell you all, that menopause is the deepest journey into the womb. But it's the most liberating. I thought birth was. But birth is the preparation for menopause. And the way you do your menstruation and the way you do your birth is going to set you up for this most powerful, most powerful. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise challenging it has its difficulties but it is the greatest liberation is the menopause because it's the fearless place where we consolidate and integrate all of the experiences that we've had and the wisdom rises and i say in menopause i have become a wiser woman through everything that i've been through so when we get to this place, what our society does is it throws menopausal women to one side. But no, we need strong women in the menopause, the over 55, 60s as well. 
And that is where you girls and you women are going to as well, is you are building your body, your mind, your spirit to stand strong for the generations in your menopause too. So look further ahead, past the birthing, past the mothering, into that grandmother energy of wiser woman menopause. And I speak about that now because the way in which menopause is spoken and being in that arena is actually more defeating and more deflating than the birthing. You become the invisible woman. So your value is no longer seen in your fertility, in your beauty as society puts places it. Yeah, when you start to lose the looks, the wrinkles come, the body starts to break down a little bit, how you've got to stand strong. It's the same strength because it's the rebirth. It's the liberation. Yeah. yeah I can see that and how this is what going back to that birthing though and how we birth and how we live and then how that sets you up for that menopausal state as well, you know, um, whether it's an authority telling you, you don't know as a pregnant mother, and then you move into this stage of um, being menopausal. And then like, then you are, you could be discarded if you allowed society to do that, as opposed to recognizing that, no, I have gathered all this information and I am a wise woman and I have something to offer as we all have something to offer. But really that again, just, keeping that cyclical mm -hmm. of, a, you know, that cycle of a woman um, just ever present and knowing that there's value in all those stages, but also that journey sets the stage for the next step, right? As you are in pregnancy and how you are as a mother is reflected through that and then how those play into that menopausal state as well. So that's really exciting. I, I wish more women were looking forward to stepping into that wise woman um, role because we do, we need that, um, especially more than ever, I think on a lot of levels. <laughs> so and I am, I'm stepping into more into the menopause as well. It's like a natural progression, yes. obviously. You know, and I, what I see in the West is really disheartening. Yes. Really, really disheartening. And watching women around me, you know, you either collapse or you rise. So that health, the emotional, physical, spiritual, energetic, all, <laughs> yes, healthy body. You've mm -hmm. got to change the what you eat. You've got to change what you think. You've got to, you know, you say no, yes, no, you're very firm. There's also not giving two fucks about things. <laughs> no longer needing approval. It is so liberating, honestly. It is. And perhaps because I've done birth the way that I have, I'm able to step into and through the fire, literally the hot flushes and everything, step through that fire into that new expansiveness. And that's what I want for women now that I'm at this stage. I can see how it's all connected. Yes. Yeah? And how they get you with the surgery for birth and the hysterectomy, as Danielle was saying before, cutting out the womb, the, you know, the putting you on drugs, 
It's a huge business. So do your birth well because you're going to step through the fire and I want you to do it with strength and conviction to find your true liberation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, just like you said, why is birth left out of the spiritual awakening? It's like, why is menopause left out of the spiritual awakening, right? It's all these why aspects. is starting menstruation left out of the spiritual awakening? <laughs> why is being a woman left out of the spiritual awakening? <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> cyclical in tune with nature, right? Nature has kind of embedded these like natural rites of passages, these we have to go through the fire in so many ways, but they transform us and it's built into our biology and it's fascinating and heartbreaking that it's often seen as a burden, but it, but in fact, it's truly our That's the power. power. Yeah, <laughs> it is. The world is terrified of strong women. As they should be. <laughs> terrified of the voice of strong women. And I say in in um, your menstruation, your vagina becomes your voice. Your vagina becomes your voice. It is so profound. Yes. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> Through the vagina becoming your voice of strength, commitment to the wisdom, to the lineage that I leave on this planet, to my children and your children and all children, I will stand strong against any government who comes to take away or sever my connection to my children. You do not come near me, all my children. That is the power of menopause. And as we disable women in menopause, we are seeing that energy collapsing around our children. I will not allow it to happen in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. Never. I hear you, and I just am so looking forward to menopause. It sounds like a fun place <laughs> to be yeah. in mentally, spiritually, so bold and just clear with yourself in life. So thank you for walking us through this journey of like, sure, it's birth, but right, it's always so much more. It's life, it's the power of you throughout your entire life. So thank you for, you know, connecting all those stages and and beyond for us here today. Um, Very grateful for you. Mahalo is how you say thank you in Hawaiian which I thought was interesting. Maha and mahalo. Anyway, (laughs) mahalo truly from from my heart all the way out here in Hawaii. Um, Grateful for the time to connect with you and hear your wisdom and and to get it out deeper into the world so it can ripple far and beyond. Yes. And I would love to give you the opportunity to also share where folks can find you, reach out, um, take your uh, classes um, and ask more uh, if, if you're willing to share. Yes, I'd love to share. Thank you. So I'm on Instagram, Maha Al Musa, and I'm on Facebook, Maha Al Musa Embody Birth Educator. And I have a website, mahaalmusa.com. So that's pretty easy, I think, to remember. <laughs> M-A-H-A-E-A-L-M-U-S-A.com. And all my resources are there. So I've got my beautiful book as a hard copy or ebook, Dance of the Womb. It's been endorsed by Dr. Michelle O'Don, Sheila Kitzinger, Dr. Sarah Buckley, and others. 
my yes. award-winning video series, Dance of the Womb. Come and join me doing all of the beautiful prenatal belly dance exercises. And my home birth is on that. And that's as a bundle on my website um, with a few other uh, bonuses. And then I've got my two online programs. So I've got my full embodied birth, Unlock and Awaken Your Ancestral Womb Wisdom. And basically that online course is four modules, 21 chapters, very good for birth doulas and birth professionals as a resource. So all the different chapters that we cover from philosophy, psychology, physiology, and then birth practice. So you get all the belly dance birth movements in that as well. So you can take that and work with your mother through those chapters or choose the chapters you'd like to you know, work with her with. And there's suggested activities, meditations, journaling, art activities, etc. And then we've got a little mini program. So we've curated seven chapters from that larger full program for mothers to get a little taste of my program, my words of wisdom, etc. And then you can upgrade to the full program. So we released that last year. I've got over 50 women in Vietnam doing the training, the, the online program. Again, the Eastern women. You know, I want more Western women to they come. They value on board. it. Yes. They, value. they also value you as a teacher. They really value you as a mentor. They don't jump around to lots of people. They see the value in one and they follow through that and go deep. And I love that because that's what I come from as well. And I think, you know, we have now so many things. It's hard to know what's authentic and what's real and what's not. But I know in the East, they really do value. So it's been translated into Vietnamese, which is great. And, um, oh, my book's been translated into Chinese and it's getting translated into French at the moment with Dr. Michelle Don's publisher. Yeah. So that's going to come out in September. So, yeah, lots of resources, mahaalmusa.com. I also do counselling all over the world with women, especially women who need that emotional support, you know, before labor and even afterwards as well downloading birth stories etc so you can get in touch with me as well on my website and you know any podcasts or interviews i'm always there i love doing this i love sharing <laughs> so great it's so true you can tell it just it just exudes every time i've heard you speak it is such such an honor to actually hold space with you together today um and i appreciate all you do and um, yeah, I think it just reminds me one last thing of Sister Morningstar did a um, interview somewhere and she talked about being a conservationist um, of this. And that has always really rung true because there is lots of new information and all these things coming out. And what, what you're doing is you are really conserving that core of what we are trying to hold precious and that um, this is important. <laughs> the diamond. That's right. right. Yes, that and sharing. sharing is so great. So thank you again. And as we say in embodied birth, mama stay. Mama stay. Mama stay. <laughs> and mahalo for your time. Okay. Well, Bye. have a beautiful evening. Bye. Yeah. Have a great day. <laughs>